Welcome to Speaking of Partnership, the show that brings you the personal partnership stories of experts from all walks of life so you can turn their stumbling blocks into stepping stones to healthy, long-lasting partnerships. I'm your host, Ken Bechtel. You know that the partnership game is not easy, but it's so worth it. If you're struggling with attracting or maintaining partnerships, go to speakingofpartnership.com right now, click on the big red button, and attend a free webinar on the secret to starting your ideal partnership today. Now, let me introduce you to today's guest. I can't tell you how excited I am to bring you today's featured guest, Reba Riley. Reba, welcome to the show. Thank you so much, Ken. I'm so glad to be here. Awesome. So glad you're here. And, you know, some people might not know who you are, which is a travesty. So let me just give them a a background. Reba is actually the author of the Simon & Schuster best-selling memoir, Post-Traumatic Church Syndrome, One Woman's Desperate, Funny, and Healing Journey Through 30 Religions Before Her 30th Birthday. She's actually overcome chronic illness, depression, and spiritual injury, and now she travels nationally speaking on the topics of healing, courage, and radical kindness. Reba, do us a favor, kind of take a minute or two and just give us a glimpse into how you got started doing what you're doing today. Well, I got really fortunate that I got so sick in my 20s that it forced me to look at my spirituality which is an experience probably many of your listeners have had. Anytime you you know lose um, lose control of one part of your life, it it can make you take stock of things, and that's what's happened with me. And um, and I uh, use that as an opportunity to start looking at my spirituality, and I explored it in a really different way um, by going to thirty different religions before I turned thirty. And then I ended up writing a um, a memoir about this journey um, that is about it's just about the journey of physical and spiritual healing and so that happened um in my early 30s and i i wrote the memoir for simon and schuster it came out a few years ago and then i've been on this ride with it ever since where i've just gotten the opportunity to um to share my story of how i walked through uh, chronic illness, and then also what I like to affectionately term post-traumatic church syndrome, and overcoming it um, with audiences around the country, and um, and I, I just feel so lucky to have gotten the opportunity to do it. But before that, my background was in sales, so I did 10 years in corporate America, so I've got that in, under my belt as well. I get it. Okay, cool. Very, very cool. Well, it's awesome that you're you know sharing your experience, and I'm sure a lot of people resonate with that. Maybe not through 30 religions, but even one can be traumatic if it's not you know <laughs> aligning for whatever reason. You know, I'm I'm curious because I mean, obviously, our religion is a form of a partnership, right? And mm-hmm. so we decide we're going to partner with that belief system or those people or that community, whatever it happens to be. So you've got a lot of experience in that particular arena of, you know, starting a partnership and then ending a partnership and starting another partnership and ending that partnership. What do you find is like, kind of like your guiding principle or your your touchstone that you get to come back to whenever you feel like you kind of got off track regarding partnership? Gosh, that is such a great way to say that, Ken. I've never thought about it that way, that, that religion is a partnership, but you're right. In fact, it's a foundational partnership. Um, and in my case, it was one I was born into. 
mm-hmm. as for many people. And when I broke up with it, <laughs> that yeah. is when the post-traumatic church syndrome part happened. So um, I think that is really important to think of it as a partnership. As far as um, you know, guiding principle goes, not just with not just with religion, but life in general. On all of my social media profiles, I have um, three three statements that um, brave is a verb, kindness cures, and love is bigger than everything. And those are the three things that I go back to, regardless of whether a partnership or any situation, um, to remind myself uh, to be brave and kind and love. Because if you're doing those three things, it's really hard to go wrong. Um, And especially that last one, the love is bigger than everything, that is really important when you're dealing with religion specifically because it can get in the way of loving people. I think we we see that, especially when people um, online and you know social media and, and get into wars of words over religion or um, you know ideals and forget that the whole point is for connection and community and love for other people. And so if you can take that principle and apply it, um, it's it's really helpful. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I, I would love for you to share with our, our audience like one of those situations where, you know, you were, let's use the religion as an example. You're in that partnership with a certain religion and at some point you realize it's not working for you. Maybe you tripped up, there was something going on, there was a disconnect of some type. But if you would share with us like, what was going on? What did you kind of trip up on? And then what ultimately did you learn from that experience that's helped you move forward? Well, actually, I'd like to, I'd like to jump to, to one of the most important partnerships in my life. Um, and that would be with my, my best friend, Erin O'Brien, Nickley. And um, but as I was looking at your, at your, you know, your format, your questions, I was thinking about this. And I was thinking about the time that Erin and I decided that we were going to start a business together. Mm. And this is a, she, to give you a, a little background, we went to high school together, we lived together in college, she was my maid of honor, we couldn't be closer, we're, we're like sisters, so it seemed like a really great idea to start a business together. And it did not go well, <laughs> at all, <laughs> at all. Now this is, this is about 10 years ago, we had a fantastic idea, we had, we had just you know, energy and creativity, and what we discovered in the process is that we're fantastic friends, and we are horrible at working together. And what tripped me up was that I didn't feel like I could be honest with her in that, in that moment. I didn't feel like I could say, hey, you know, our, our friendship is more important than, than with this business venture that we're trying to do. And so I, I just edged away from the conflict instead of facing it. And because of that, we really, um, we lost our friendship for like a solid year. I mean, we, 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 basically broke up over this business and you know looking back at it it's like wow how in the world did how how did I trip up so you know so tremendously with someone that I love so much um and thankfully the amazing part was that we were able to come back together and um remember that how important our friendship is and and um to recreate our relationship and to chalk that up to an experience that neither of us will do again uh, going into business together. Yeah. And, you know, it's an interesting thing, right? Because like you said, the hard part was really speaking your truth with her in the business. 
Oh yeah, and uh, again, we're you know, friendship and uh, and a business partnership are just really different things. Mm-hmm. In fact, what makes us great friends is what made us not great business partners because we're very different, and so we're we add a lot to a you know a friendship relationship. But the way that we work is just super different. The way that we approach tasks, the way that we accomplish them, and um, and our and our timelines and our just every everything that we brought to it. And had I realized, you know, the importance of speaking the truth right up front and getting that out of the way instead of, and I think we both did, you know, we both didn't speak our truth. So it wasn't just one sided, but if I had it to do again, I would say to myself, you know, 10 years ago, like at the first sign of trouble, like speak your truth in love. Remember that the relationship is more important than whatever business venture you're doing. And if you need to get out of it, get out of it soon um, so that you're not, you know, wasting your time and energy, and, and especially you're not going to ruin a ruin a relationship over it because nothing is worth that. Yeah, absolutely. And you're right. I mean, the sooner you speak to it, the less tension there is. The less tension, and the faster that you can resolve it. And I yeah. think some of that does for maturity, and you know, part of it's a learning process. But if any of our listeners are in that situation now, where you have that gut feeling like, "Man, I I know I need to say this, and you don't want to," it's better to just say it. And lovingly, but get it out in the open so that you can deal with it. Because anything that's anything that's in the dark has the potential to become a real problem. One hundred percent. And you know, the other thing that that comes to mind is uh, a couple couple uh, weeks ago, we had a, a couple on here that have been together for I think it's forty years, and they've worked together almost all that time. Wow. And one of the things that they were saying was key to that for them was recognizing what each other's strengths were and not going, but then I feel like I'm not, you know, like somehow that invalidates me if that's his strength or her strength. And when I first met this couple, they were like, one of the things that's interesting about our our path is that we are very, very different in how we operate. And for a long time, that was a struggle until they realized Mm -hmm. that's actually a strength. And being oh, clear absolutely. about that. Oh, he's really good at this. She's really good at that. Awesome. And it's not about, you know, somehow that makes you bad because you're not good at it. It's like, fantastic. Then I get to do the things I'm good at. You get to do the things you're good at. I think that's what makes any marriage and partnership strong is that yes. if you have somebody there who is strong where you are not, you're going to have a, a more successful venture, whatever it is that you're doing. And I think also recognizing the difference between types of partnerships. Like I was just saying about my friend, you know, fantastic friend, best friend, like a sister, not a business partner. It's just not the right mm-hmm. partnership for us. It's not the right relationship. Yes. But when it comes to when it comes to the first person that I want to call when I need to do a brainstorming session, that's her, 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anytime that I need to do anything creative with marketing, she's she is, you know, we just bounce ideas back and forth and they become bigger and more exciting. And that's why we thought we'd be great business partners. But as it turns out, we're better off in our own ventures and helping each other in them. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it's interesting because there's an element of what you described of, you know, we're best friends, we're going to start a business. How cool would that be? There's kind of a little bit of that fantasy there, right? How awesome would it be? We could work with our best friend and be all successful and and we're all excited about it. But it's much like in a, a romantic relationship. Mm, right mm-hmm. the fantasy that yep. we have around that oh it's going to be perfect and whatever and then we start getting so attached to that that fantasy that vision 
that we literally dismiss what we need. And we start losing ourselves because we're just like, but I got to make this fantasy come true. As opposed to speaking our truth. Because sometimes it looks like it will go that direction until we actually take that next step in partnership and then go, okay, this isn't working the way we thought. I mean, I think most people listening have probably had some time where they were dating someone or went out with someone. And then later they realized we should have just stayed friends. Yeah, it's totally true. You know, that, that, the, uh, it's the, that illusion um, is always going to be better than the reality. <laughs> you know, the, this, the fantasy aspect of it. And when you get into it, you realize, okay, this maybe isn't isn't the uh, the best direction for us to go yeah. and um, and I think you know there's there's a couple things with that that it's important to remember that you know every relationship and every partnership no matter how great it is it's gonna come with some gravel you know it's gonna come with some stuff that's not glamorous like yes you've got a lot of glitter and you know fun and everything but anything that's worth doing is gonna have things that are hard too and so I think it's a matter of looking at you know how it's working out, especially at the beginning, and saying, "Is this, um, is this something that is worth working through?" Because we know that we can work together. Or are we in the wrong partnership? So I think it's just really important to evaluate that, um, like you said, you know, from the reality of it, not the fantasy. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So I want to, I want to bring something up that you and I were talking about before we got on air. And you were sharing with me that you're from Cincinnati and live in Cincinnati. And I mentioned that I got stuck in an elevator there once. Which <laughs> and is I true. said, you need to save that story for the air because it sounds great. We need to, we need to have everybody listen to that. Yeah. What so, happened, so I'm curious because you made a, a great like step there where you said how an elevator, being stuck in an elevator, matches up with partnership sometime. Share that with us, would you? Well, it's interesting. I actually live in this really old house with a whole bunch of floors and it has an elevator in it because mm. the gentleman who lived here before. So I have been stuck in an elevator in Cincinnati as well, multiple times in my own house. <laughs> <laughs> and, and what I said is that being in partnership sometimes is like being stuck in an elevator with someone and you have to figure out how to get out together. Um, I, I mean, I really think that's, that's what it comes down to. And I probably because I have one in my house, that made me think of my marriage um, because uh, I've actually was married 10, I've, I've been married 10 years as of yesterday. So uh, the most congratulations. important thanks would be with my husband. And I can't tell you the amount of times in my Ricky old elevator that I have gotten stuck and had to have my husband help me get out of the elevator. And so I think it really is, um, you know, it's like, in our, we actually, we watched our wedding video yesterday, which was amazing when we watched it for the first time in 10 years. Hmm. And, um, and there was a, a, a reading that we had and it was, it was from the Bible and the paraphrase of it was, um, blessed is the man who, when he falls can reach out and there's someone to help him up. And I was thinking about that with the elevator. Blessed is the man who gets stuck in an elevator and can press the call button and has somebody to help them out. And I think, I think if you have that person in your life, whether that's a romantic partner, or business partner, hopefully, you know, you have these in every in every area of your life. That is the, you know, it's like when you get stuck somewhere, you have somebody to help you figure it out if you're stuck in there together, or you know, if you're lucky, the other person is on the other side of the elevator to help you get out. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's so true. And 
oftentimes, like here was my experience in this this particular elevator, which by the way, that's not the first elevator I've been stuck in. Um, so I was in I was in college at the time, and I had gone to this big uh, PRSSA, which is a Public Relations Student Society of America, had this national meeting out there, and. So the hotel's all full of all the participants and the event's over and, and we all hop in the elevator and there's probably 15 people. I mean, it's a full elevator and it starts going up and all of a sudden it, you can just feel the momentum slow down and it just starts to slowly go down. Whoa. And, you know, obviously the first thing is, is there somebody that's going to freak out? They're claustrophobic. What's going to happen? Now, because it was moving so slow, it wasn't like people were going, oh my God, we're falling. But you know, you're still going the wrong direction. <laughs> you know, you're like, this is not good. No. And so anyhow, it stops. And I have no idea why, but this is a perfect example of how, you know, we have to ask for help. And sometimes we just know who to ask, even though we don't know why we know. Mm-hmm. So there's 15 people or so on this elevator. Most of us have never met, like on most elevators. All different age groups. There were some of the presenters, some students, and so on, and some probably guests in the hotel that had nothing to do with the event. They all looked at me and said, <laughs> what do we do? And I don't know if it was because when it started to go down, I'm like, oh, the elevator's going down. We're, you know, it's obviously failed. Or I, I don't know exactly what I said, right? But what happened was somehow these people realized I knew what to do in this situation. Now, I was nowhere near the front. I'm in the back of the elevator. I can't reach any of the panels. And I just said, well, whoever's at the front, open that little door, pick up the phone and dial zero. You'll get the front desk. And I learned this from being stuck in an elevator when I was 14. So the people do. They pick it up. They call the front desk. And I said, oh, by the way, they won't believe you. So you're going to have to let them know, no, seriously, we're stuck in an elevator. There's 15 of us or whatever. So all this plays out exactly as I said it would. And sure enough, they're like, you know, oh, my gosh, we'll get somebody over there. We're going to get a crew over there. You know, be be calm. Is everyone okay? They were very, very good in how they handled it. And sure enough, in a short while later, they came and figured out how to get us out of there, which was kind of funky, but it worked. Um, And I realized it was like, you know, sometimes we don't know why, but we know there's somebody there to help us. And we may have never met them. But we need to maybe just talk to them. We need to ask them for assistance. We need to go, what do we do? And that's a huge part of partnering with ourselves. Mm-hmm. Right? And going, okay, I don't have a clue right now. Somebody does. I'm going to be vulnerable enough to ask. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I really appreciate what you say about partnering with yourself because um that's the first that's the first partnership that you have to have mm-hmm. in, or, in order to be able to partner with anyone ever you have to um, you got to be your own best friend and your own best advocate and 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 really love yourself and I think um, it, it's hard for everyone I would say I could I can say specifically speaking as a woman um, it, it can be challenging to uh, to put yourself first because mm-hmm. of family responsibilities. And I'm not saying that it isn't for men, but I know specifically that I talk a lot with women about this topic. Um, and that you, it really takes actually a lot of bravery to partner with yourself in that way. Yeah. And to, to, to take care of yourself first and then to be willing to, like you said, ask for help. Um, you know, something that comes to mind for me being vulnerable about that is um, um, when I 
went through a um, I went through a major depression. I know we mentioned that in my in the uh, the intro. However, that was that was a major depressive period, and I went through that, and that's its own story. But then I I went through a miscarriage, and I had a, a postpartum depression that I didn't even know was a thing from that. And what I had learned from the first depression is exactly what you're talking about, to be your own advocate, to partner with yourself, and to ask for the help that you need. And so even though I was in a very, very dark place, I knew to make those calls you know, to the people who really love me. Um, you know who your people are, the, the people who are going to be there no matter you know, what time of day or night, and to, to make those calls and ask for the help that I need. Very specific help, like, hey, I'm, I'm really not okay right now, mom, I need you to come, like, I need you to, you know, I need you to come help me. Um, for this this uh, this period of time, and um, and to my husband, and to my doctor, and to my therapist, and those are some of the most important partners that you can have, because they help you take care of yourself, especially when you're in a hard place. Yeah, one hundred percent. And you know that is the thing. Life. I mean, we're designed to be in partnership. I mean, the most basic is you know masculine, feminine, yin and yang. When we mm-hmm. have both sides, we're in balance. When we don't. We either need to fill that void or we're going to be out of balance. And, you know, there's a, there's like this part of us at our core that deeply knows the importance of partnership in our life because it, it understands that, you know, yeah, you can do all kinds of cool things on your own. You can do lots of fun stuff. But there's a totally different level of experience that's available in partnership. When everything's not on your shoulders, when you actually have somebody you can lean on on the bad times and, and go to and celebrate the good times, that's a different life experience. And at our core, we are deeply, deeply desiring that. It's why we quest for partnership. Otherwise, we'd just be like, I don't need anybody. But we do because we know that elevated life is available there. We do. And back to what we were discussing about, you know, different strengths. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there is no, there's no perfect partner. There's, there's no perfect people. Unless you're one, Ken. I don't know. I haven't met you so You know, there, there isn't. I'm not a perfect partner. My husband isn't a perfect partner. But I would venture to say that we are really pretty perfect for each other um, because we have such different strengths. Um, and where each of us are respectively weak, we're, we're, the other person is strong. And that has really, you know, over this 10-year 10 10 year marriage and, and 15 years together has um, been a huge blessing to both of us. Um, and and it, it certainly helps, help, helps you grow as a person um, to, to witness up close someone who's really good at things that you weren't good at. Exactly. Exactly. So let's... Let's explore a time in your life when you had a, I call it a proud moment of partnership. And what I mean by that is a time when you look back on it and, I mean, as soon as you think about it, you can't help but smile because it's just so awesome. Like, what's one of those for you? I'm fortunate to have a huge amount of them to choose from, so I have to think hard about this one. I've got to say, my partnership with my editor of my book, Post-Traumatic Church Syndrome, Mm -hmm. Ms. Jana Reese, um, and she was not just an editor. She was a she was. I, I like to joke that I went to the Jana Reese School of Creative Writing because what she did for me in our partnership was um, take my take my raw talent and my story, both of which were really pretty incredible. I mean, I, I was blessed with a with a great talent for writing and an incredible life experience. 
but she taught me how to craft that into a story and uh, that people actually want to read <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and to make it beautiful. And over a period of 18 months, she, I mean, held my hand in every way that, that could, could be and, and, and took me from a really good writer to an author um, who was able to put a story into the world that has um, really affected people positively. And so when I think about this moment specifically, it was, and I respect Gianna so much, I've got to tell you, she's written 10 books. Um, she is a former editor of all kinds of publications. She's, she's amazing. And I was in her kitchen with a, with a draft of the paper, or the paper. I was in it with all the papers that made up the book mm-hmm. with this draft. And it was, we were nearing the final. We'd been working together forever. And, and I said, um, Gianna, can you just tell, tell me what you really think of this? And she looked back at me and she was like, I am so proud to have my name on this book as your editor Mm -hmm. and and of all the of all the things that somebody could say you know to say I'm proud to be in partnership with you on this book um it just I I knew that no matter what happened beyond that like I had succeeded at the craft of creating the story with someone I really respected and you know whenever people um, read my book and are touched by it or whatever I always mention Jana because I'm just like you know I I wrote this book, but Jana helped teach me how to make it a beautiful story and a beautiful work of art, and I'm just so grateful to her. And so, as far as professional partnership goes, I wouldn't do anything uh, in the book world without Jana to this day. She's just incredible, so I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, that's that's fantastic, and and I love that. You know that that phrase is actually of our very powerful question to ask yourself: Is are you proud of the partnership you're in? Mm-hmm. And if not, it doesn't yep. mean it's bad. It just means you need to go, oh, what do I need to be proud of it? Right? What's missing here? How do I get to that place where I'm proud? Because most of the time we were at some point. It may have gotten off the rails. Or maybe you never were. And you were just not being honest with yourself. But that's a really powerful question. Because all of us want to be proud of the people we walk through life with. Yeah. And what you're up to together. You know, what yeah. are you accomplishing together? I think because the... That's the really amazing thing about partnership is having that experience with someone else of, of, of creating something that didn't exist before in the world. Yeah. Whether that, you know, whether that's a, whether that's a book, whether that's a, a podcast, whether that is a business, it's a, you know, nonprofit, whatever it is, if you're, if you're combining your efforts to create something in the world, it's, it's really an incredible experience. Absolutely. Well, Reba, we've gotten to a part of the show I call Bring It All Home, and this is where we're going to leave our our, uh, listeners with some little bite-sized bits of knowledge that they can take with them and apply right away. And what I'd love to know from you, you shared earlier with us your your, uh, kind of touchstones or your your, uh, guiding principles around partnership. What's the best either partnership or relationship advice that you've ever received from someone else? I'm going to have to say, this is, uh, I'll, I'll do a funny one and a serious one. The funny one is uh, about marriage, separate bank accounts, separate bathrooms. <laughs> <laughs> I actually think it's very sound advice <laughs> when it comes to marriage. Could be, yeah. <laughs> when it comes to marriage. Um, but I, I would say back to uh, part of my touchstones is the, is the love is bigger than everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, that heading is something very specific, which is being kind is better than being right. Yes. Because 
people, no matter what situation you're in, they'll forget what you say, they'll forget what you did, but to like the quote says, they'll never forget how you made them feel. Yeah. And like you, you, you want to be the person that people look back on and they're like, yeah, maybe we disagreed and maybe it didn't you know, work out the way that we thought, but we communicated really well and we were kind to each other. Yeah. True. Because no matter what the situation is, there's no, there's, there's really no reason to be ugly and nasty. That's not helping the situation. So if you can elevate, especially if it's a conflict, a disagreement, if you can elevate that by you know, taking some really deep breaths. And remembering that being kind to this person, and this also extends to yourself, you know, being kind to yourself, but being kind is better than being right. Always. Yeah. And, and you know, I think there's an interesting distinction here because a lot of times we get confused between being kind and being nice. Mm, totally different thing. And kind is speaking the truth when it needs to be spoken. Mm-hmm. Nice is making sure nobody has their feelings hurt. And a lot of people think that we can't be nice and kind. But the reality is, when you're kind, it's kind of like you're speaking to the elephant in the room. It's something that needs to be addressed. It might be uncomfortable for a moment. It might be uncomfortable for a while. But everybody knows it's the truth of the situation. A great example that I I heard once was like on, I think it's American Idol or whatever, that show with Simon Cowell and all those people. where he was paired up in, uh, or he was on the panel with Paula Abdul. Paula was nice to everybody. Mm-hmm. It could be the worst singer in the world. She'd be like, oh, I love your style. It's so great to you're out here. I love your energy. She would say nothing about their singing because everybody knew they were not a good singer. <laughs> then they get to Simon and he'd be kind. And he'd say, I got to tell you, you don't have a future in music. It's best if you moved on. A whole place with boo. But everybody knew he was telling the truth. He was being kind. She was being nice because she didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings. But the reality was he was giving her, the, that, that person, that performer, the greater gift. Because he spoke to the truth. He said, why would I let you keep thinking, yeah, keep going just because you dress funky? It's not going to become a music career. Let's be honest here. That's what this is about. And it can be uncomfortable. So, Oh, it definitely can. Mm-hmm. Totally. But that's the power of that comment you said is being kind is better than being right. Because it is. Being kind means, because part of being kind could be saying, I suck at this. Admitting that you're not right. Not that you're right like, oh, I'm the authority and I'm always going to make somebody feel small. It could also be you having to admit you're not. I'm not the person for that. I don't have that capability. That's more kind than going, oh, I have to act like I can do these things when I can't. So it's very, very powerful advice. So we were talking about your book earlier, which everybody's added to their their book list now. They all got it on their list to buy. What's another book or a resource that you would recommend to our listeners around partnership and why that one? A hundred percent, I would recommend the Five Love Languages book. Mm. I, you've probably heard that from other guests. If not, everybody read this one before my book for sure. This is this is essential reading for life. Um, 
for people who aren't familiar, and by the way, I have no interest in this book other than wanting everyone to succeed <laughs> because it really is such a helpful book. Uh, it just goes through the five different ways that, that you can give and receive love and, and helps you understand um, how you do those things best and, um, and how to love the people around you. And I, I use that in every relationship in my life. Yeah, it is an incredibly powerful tool. And I want to add to that because this is the thing that a lot of people don't know that uh, Dr. Gary Chapman has done as well. So if you go to his website, fivelovelanguages.com, there's these quizzes. One is for your love language. Another one that's super powerful is your apology language. Interesting. I was I didn't know about that. I'll have to take it. Yeah, it's incredible because everybody experiences an apology in different ways. And I got to tell you, I did that and I was just like, it was crystal clear what's an apology to me and what is not. And it's really, really cool, especially in a relationship, right? So the other person, they could be apologizing in a way that doesn't feel like an apology to you. Wow, that is, thank you for that insight. I'll, I'll add that to my list immediately. Yeah, um, it's, it's a very, very powerful resource. So both of those are essential. And like Reba, I have no vested interest other than I know the power of having that information. And it's not just about you having it for you, because typically all it's going to do is validate what you already know. It's about letting your partner know this is my love language. So he knows or she knows how you experience love, because otherwise they're going to do it the way they experience love. And this is where disconnect happens a lot, where the guys is like, acts of service so he's doing all these tasks around the house thinking this expresses love and your love language is physical touch mm -hmm. and you're just going i don't feel like he loves me and he's like what do you mean i'm showing my love constantly i'm cutting the grass i'm taking out the trash i'm doing the yep. dishes I'm, why why don't you see that i love you i'm screaming i love you why don't you hear me yeah yeah so it's so it's important not just to know it for yourself but let your partner know because that's how they then have the power to go oh Reba's love language is this, and that's not mine. So I'm going to have to go out of my normal map mode to let her know how much I love her. And that's the real part of power of partnership, is empowering our partner to provide what we need to be our best. Which goes to the, to the asking for partnering with yourself and yep. asking for the help you need, right? Exactly right. Full circle. You know, um, two things on that. One, I'm fortunate that my husband and I share the, our top two love languages, which are uh, words of affirmation and physical touch. We line up really close. Gifts, however, are on the bottom for both of us, mm -hmm. which is interesting because Aaron, my best friend who we spoke of earlier, is a gift giver. Mm. And I missed her birthday a couple years, you know, gifts for her birthday. And I never understood why she was in such a bad mood. Like, why was she so annoyed with me until I read this book and I realized, oh my gosh, she is such a thoughtful gift giver. She always does this. And so I did a complete 180 with her and make it a point to be very thoughtful in my gifts with her. Yep. And to this day, she would be able to tell you like the times that I have given her, what I've given her and when, not because she's materialistic, because they weren't big gifts or anything. It's just about the thought. And it's a really important thing for her. Yep. And so to show up at fully loving Aaron um, is to, you know, speak in that love language with the gifts. So I highly recommend having this discussion, not just with your primary, you know, romantic partner, but also with, you know, all the people who are important in your life and, um, so that you can love them as fully as possible. Yeah. I actually used to work with a woman who in her contact list, she put down everybody's love language. Oh, 
my gosh, wow, what a great idea. So she knew like, oh, if I want to show them how much I appreciate what they've been doing and their love language is quality time, I take them to lunch. As opposed so to I give them praise, out? which would be words of affirmation. What's that? So did she ask? Did yeah, she, she had everybody ask? that she worked that worked for her go through the thing. What a brilliant partnership move! Wow. Yeah. So she was always she was never guessing. How do I how do I let them know how much this may, means to me? She could go, oh, they're a gift person. Sweet, I'm gonna give them a gift tomorrow. You should have her on to talk about that. That's amazing. What a yeah, great idea. It's really really a powerful thing. Again, but her commitment was to being the best partner to every single person she interacted with in, the, in her work. Wow, that's inspiring. Yeah, so it does. It, it's a lot more than just, you know, love in the romantic sense. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely fantastic. Well, I gotta say, we, we, we've probably only scratched the surface, Reba. Um, <laughs> if we were stuck in an elevator, I don't think we'd run out of things to talk about. But no, we're not, we're, and so we have to move forward. So do me a favor. Would you let our listeners know how they can contact you and learn more about what you do? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am on uh, social media at Reba Riley Author on Instagram and Facebook and at Reba Riley on Twitter. Um, and, you know, one thing we didn't mention yet, uh, Ken, is that I'm, I'm getting ready to launch a lifestyle magazine here in, in Cincinnati called Queen City Lifestyle in, in 2020. And so that's my current venture. Um, so that I'm very excited about about doing that. But you can find me at rebariley.com as well. Fantastic. All kinds of amazing things going on. And, and for those listening, know that, as always, all you have to do is go to speakingofpartnership.com, type in Reba's name into the search bar, and you'll go straight to her show page, which is going to give you all those links and, and contact information. So it's really, really easy to reach her. Well, Reba, we were, we were very aware this may very well be a exciting interview when we started and it certainly has been i thank you so much for sharing everything you did and, and being so open and honest with us just thank you so much for taking the time and being on the show today thank you ken it's been a pleasure thank you for listening to speaking of partnership head over to speakingofpartnership.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more be sure you catch the bonus stories from our guests on follow your yes friday it's easy to do. Just go to your favorite podcast directory, search for Speaking of Partnership, and click subscribe. Like what you hear? Leave us a rating and review on Stitcher or iTunes. The greatest compliment you can give the show is to refer us to someone else either in person or on the web. Have a great day. And remember, even when you stumble, you're still moving forward. Peace.